This is a sermon podcast from Ashland First United Methodist Church in Ashland, Oregon. Visit us online at ashlandmethodist.org for more sermons like this, church information, and how to get involved. Ashland Methodist, a community of open hearts, open minds, and open doors. So today, before I start with the scripture lesson, I want us to take a little survey. So bear with me, and uh, hopefully you uh, will find this kind of enjoyable. I will say beforehand, there is no right answer, and there is no judgment to your answers either. So I'm going to ask you kind of a would-you-rather question, one or A or B. So if your response is A, you raise your hand. If your response is B, you just put your hands on your shoulder. You ready? All right. So when getting ready to receive guests, would you rather A, clean your house before your guests arrive, or B, after they have left since your house will be dirty again anyway? So A or B? All right, we have a lot of A's. Okay. When planning a dinner party, would you rather plan and cook the menu yourself? That would be A. Or B, have it catered and ordered out. So A, fix and cook. B, order out or have it catered. All right. Which feels more like discipleship to you? A, serving those who are hungry. Or B, sitting with someone who is going through a hard time. Serving others who are hungry. Or sitting with someone. Well, yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> but it's either or. Okay, some preferences. Ooh, okay, so we, we, that's good. Would you rather share your faith by A, doing mission work, or B, spending time paying attention and praying for others and loving on them? A, doing mission work, B, spending time praying and paying attention. Okay, last one. What nurtures your faith growth the most? Reading or studying theology and spiritual books on your own, or B, receiving direction from a trusted mentor? A, studying on your own. B, receiving direction from a mentor. Okay, all right. As I said, there are no right or wrong answers. However, it does point to our preferences and personalities. And having said that, here is our scripture lesson. While Jesus and his disciples were traveling, Jesus entered a village where a woman named Martha welcomed him as a guest. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his message attentively. By contrast, Mary was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. The Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the better part, 
which will not be taken away from her. Amen. Obviously, our scripture today gives us a glimpse into how two sisters chose very different actions regarding hospitality and the way that Jesus responds to their choices, giving us a valuable lesson for us today. Let's start with Martha. Many of us probably can relate to Martha. Martha was made for our busy time. We are busy, rushing around, distracted with work, fretting or worrying among the many tasks that needs to be done, and probably seeking to be recognized for the hard work. And also, it must be said, she was trying to do her best to make everything good for her guest. Meanwhile, her sister Mary sits at Jesus' feet, pleasantly, probably comfortably, listening to him as he spoke. It is pretty easy to see why Martha was irritated, frustrated, and perhaps even resentful. She was doing everything in her power to be hospitable and make it good, real good. Yet, she questioned why she should be doing it all by herself. Well, where was Mary when she needed her hand? Sufficiently annoyed, Martha felt so justified in her indignation that she went to complain to Jesus about it. Which, a little sidetrack here, she felt comfortable enough to go do that. That speaks loudly about Martha and her relationship to Jesus. And so she goes and says, Lord, why don't you care that my sister's not helping me? Come on, tell her to help me. I have to admit that there have been times in my life that that complaint rings true especially if you have four older brothers. And they always say, you do it because you're the girl. (laughs) Yeah. I also recognize that it's easy for us to get wrapped up in all the things that we need to do and all the things that we need to accomplish that we lose sight of what is the most important thing. Now, Martha often gets the bad reputation, the whining, overworked, under-recognized sister, but it's important to understand that Martha by no means is a negative figure. She is not doing anything wrong in showing hospitality or trying to do all the things that she was doing. Hospitality is an essential gift, and serving is a vital aspect of discipleship. So much so that Jesus does not say that Martha is wrong, and that what she is doing is unnecessary. His response to Martha's complaint is not to blame or rebuke, but to point out that her troubles stem not from the service she renders, but from her worries, distractions, expectations that are keeping her from the most important thing, from offering herself freely to Jesus and from being present to him in her midst. Apparently, Mary understood what was the most important thing at that moment, and that was to sit at Jesus' feet and learn from him, and that that was the best part. And then the story ends abruptly and leaves us with the task of reflecting on the meaning of the story for us today. The typical interpretation 
of this passage is to elevate Mary's choice as the model of true, true love of God. We all have the potential to be Mary by absorbing, listening, meditating on Jesus' life and teachings. Yet, Martha, like Martha, our service and devotion to God is also important. And the issue is that, like Martha, we can be challenged by worries and distractions about every corner of the world. I mean, all we have to do is scroll through Twitter or Facebook pages or the many news feeds that can easily carry us away with anxiety, can foster anger and fear, a sense of meanliness, or even helplessness. We can be so distracted that we lose sight of what is the most important thing, being present in the moment to those with us and finding Christ in our midst, finding Jesus' face in the stranger or our nemesis or the least of these. So the question that I raise is, how do we go about being present and welcoming Christ in our midst today? I'm going to address this question by exploring a couple of ideas. First, I want to start by sharing a children's book that has deeply spiritual, has a deeply spiritual thrust and touches the heart of today's message regarding of what is important. The book is The Three Questions, and it's one of my all-time favorite children's book. It's written by John Muff and beautifully illustrated. The book is an adaptation of a story by the great Russian novelist Tolstoy. The story, and just a little side comment, if you have grandchildren or great-grandchildren, or if you like a light reading for yourself, it is a book worth purchasing. It's beautiful and very moving. So the story, in summary, is about a boy named Nikolai, who sometimes felt uncertain about the right way to act. He believes he'll know what that is once he has the answer to three questions. What is the best time to do things? Who is the most important? And what is the right thing to do? His best friends are the heron, a monkey, and a dog. They try to assist him in his quest, but their answers don't seem quite right. Then Nikolai decides to visit Leo, who is a wise old turtle who lives high in the mountains and has been living there for a long, long time. The boy finds him and helps him in his garden. And during an unexpected storm, Nikolai rescues a panda who has injured his leg, her, her leg, and then goes back out into the storm to find her baby. Both are saved, and Nikolai feels a great peace inside him. From the experience, Leo the turtle reminds him that the most important time is now. The most important one is whoever you are with. And the most important thing to do is to do good for the one who is standing by your side. The reason I share this story um, is because it brings to mind for me another event. It just so happens that, and I think it tends to be not just a coincidence, but an intentional placement by the gospel writer, 
that the story preceding the encounter with Mary and Martha is that of the lawyer who challenged Jesus with the question, who is my neighbor? What follows next is the famous parable of the Good Samaritan. Here we learn that the most important thing is to love God with all our heart, with all our being, with all our strength, and with all our mind, and our neighbor as ourself. In this story, the most important time was when the Samaritan encountered an injured traveler. The most important person was the injured traveler. And the most important thing the Samaritan did was to act justly, love mercifully, and walk humbly with the injured traveler. In telling of the story of the Good Samaritan, Jesus gives us the example of the importance of loving our neighbor. In his encounter with Mary and Martha, we learn the importance of balancing devotion and contemplation with compassionate service and works of grace, mercy, and love. Both are important expressions of faith and love of God. And that brings me to the second point. Throughout his life and teachings, Jesus modeled being present in the moment. I read through the Gospels, and that rings true. As I read about the encounters Jesus had with the people from all walks of life, I have come to appreciate, as well as yearn to develop, some of those specific qualities or traits that Jesus used in and throughout his encounters. Those are very valuable and can teach us also to be in the moment. Today I will mention only 10 such qualities among the many. I believe should, we should strive to develop so that we can strengthen our ability to both be present at the moment and serve others by opening our hearts to the potential sacred moments and the encounters before us. One, wisdom. Seeing and responding to life situations from God's frame of reference. Two, alertness, being aware of the physical and spiritual events taking place around us so that we can have the right responses to them. Availability, adjusting our personal agendas around the needs of those whom we are serving. Attentiveness, showing the worth of a person by giving undivided attention to their words and emotions. It's really hard when you have a cell phone by your side. Tolerance. Viewing the person as a valuable individual whom God created and loves, even if they're different from us. Compassion. Showing personal care and concern in meeting the needs of others and investing whatever is necessary to heal the hurts of others. Seven. Justice. Actions that seek to bring about merciful, gracious, and generous and restorative results. Eight, sensitivity. Knowing by the prompting of God's Spirit what words, attitudes, and actions will benefit the lives of others. Nine, love. The obvious, giving to others with unconditional love perhaps the most difficult one. And faith, opening oneself to the movement of the Spirit and then taking action in the assurance that God's love is mysteriously at work. 
By striving to develop these traits, in spite of our busy and sometimes chaotic lives, we open ourselves to recognize Christ among us and be present to each other in deep, meaningful ways, allowing us to serve others from a truly grounded place. What a remarkable reality. The more we love others and care for others, not out of worriedness or expectations or distractedness, guilt or duty, but out of love, the more we are at ease with others and ourselves. We are not doing for, we are being with. It is the heart of the one necessary thing, being present to God's love and grace in order to love others. As I recognize um, the life of Jesus, I also recognize the life of my father, who I think lived these things. And the thing that I admire about him was that even at his ripe old age of 97 and 98, he was rereading the Bible. And he was rewriting the Gospels in his own words or writing the Psalms in his own words. And while doing that, he also taught the caregivers to read the upper room with him every morning and pray with him every morning. And I thought, what dedication that is, of a life that never forgot how to be present in the moment while loving God with all his heart, with all his mind, and with all his soul. So I only hope that I can emulate that, and I invite you to do the same. Amen.